Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Lowe Tolhurst, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hello, and welcome to the Spark Parade, where I geek out with artists and entertainers about their cultural spark of inspiration. I'm Adam Unz, at Spark Parade on all social media. Thanks so much for joining me. Uh, Are you ready for the Pride Month celebrations to continue? I am. Uh, This week, I'm talking to singer-songwriter Evan McIntosh about their love for the Versace experience a promotional mixtape created by Prince. Um, So I got to talk to an incredible artist about an artwork by one of my favorite artists. And Prince's birthday was uh, last Monday, so this feels like a great time to celebrate him. Um, Thrilling stuff all around. Let's just get straight to it. Quick Evan facts. Evan McIntosh, who, as an aside, is non-binary and uses they-them pronouns, Um, Evan is only 17 years old, which means that I am fucking ancient. Anyway, in a short time, the singer-songwriter has already built up a loyal fan base and tons of buzz with their soulful and in-the-now take on modern pop and R&B sounds. Mojo, which was released on vinyl August 14th, 2020, has been in the works since Evan first picked up their guitar at nine years old. With a colorful and impressive debut album already to their name, all eyes are on Evan as they hit the studio and work on their next project, which is, I can exclusively, well, not exclusively, but I can reveal, is their next album called Character Development, which is going to be released on August 27th. Ah, quick Versace experience facts. The Versace Experience, colon, Prelude to Gold, is a promotional mixtape by a musician Prince, originally issued as a limited edition cassette and given away to attendees of the Versace collection at the 1995 Paris Fashion Week. Uh, The album was intended to promote Prince's then-upcoming album The Gold Experience. The cassette was re-released posthumously for Record Store Day on April 13, 2019, and released on CD, vinyl, and as a digital download and for streaming through NPG Records and Legacy Recordings on September 13, 2019. So that's the setup. Let's get on with the punchline. Here comes my chat with Evan McIntosh about the Versace Experience. So the first uh, order of business normally is just where do you remember where you first encountered the Versace experience, like how you came across it for the first time? I didn't listen to it for the first time, the first time that I came across. I had this meeting, right? And it was while I was going through like trying to sign to like a label or something. And one of the labels like to like, hey, you should come sign us. Look at this this really cool stuff they brought me this like um cassette for like the Versace experience one of the original sets oh, wow. and uh, yeah I didn't open it because I was too scared to open it but um I really wanted to listen to it duh 
Yeah. So I, on like a trip, like a couple weeks later, I was on an airplane and I like listened through like the whole thing like five times. It was like crazy. But yeah. So I came across your Versace experience. Yeah, that's a pretty uh, that's a pretty amazing way to discover something. <laughs> um, but uh, were you, were you like a Prince fan before that? Oh, super mega Prince. Okay. I love. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So was that kind of did they did the label know that about you and that yeah. was like yeah yeah, yeah. yes v- very clever uh gift yeah. giving then yeah <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 it's crazy it's like this kind of uh time capsule from like a really weird uh part of his life and his career and this kind of pivotal moment when all of the like you know changing his name to a symbol and trying to get out of his contract with warner and changing his band all of that kind of stuff was happening so like the time period really interests me but also just he you know was known for his music obviously for his dancing um his music not just you know as a um a singer as a musician as a producer uh, a band leader all of those things but also fashion um and like the 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 looks that he turned out he you know was always evolving his style always changing things up wanting to push things forward so the the link between his work as a performer and the uh fashion industry was always there and he had this kind of special connection to Versace anyway like you know one of one of his favorite uh designers and i think it's the only the only designer that he went to shows um to see their stuff so um yeah it just seems like it uh, outside like without even taking into account the music just like the mythology around it is so amazing yeah man i think the the fashion of prince is something that's not talked about enough but i people talk about it but like it's always like his music is incredible and he's like an incredible musician and he is absolutely mm-hmm. but like I went to Paisley Park recently. I was like in Minneapolis and I went in there and they have like his like designs that he'd like drawn up for like clothes that he wanted like made. He would draw out these designs and he had people like in the building and he had this whole room where people would like make him these clothes and he'd have like these fabrics and stuff. And you see them on like these little like Prince mannequins. He's so small. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's tiny. Yeah. And it's like his waist, man. He's like so but like these looks, like I remember seeing this, like going back and going through like um, Prince, like archive, like performances and all that. And the one, like some award show, I forgot what it was. He has like the assless chaps and it's like this, <laughs> nobody was expecting it. And he turns around, crazy. Yeah. So bold, man. Yeah. And just like, you know, thinking back to like the very first records like the very beginning of his career the fashion side of things definitely was a big part of what got him noticed you know like walking around in these like tiny little briefs and like a trench coat or something you know just like really provocative and really like you know playing with gender playing with color and just like not being afraid to be almost naked and just doing all of this shit that was like yeah definitely drew the eye (laughs) for sure like the fact he was wearing that you know the trench coat look you just talked about it it's like the little briefs and stuff he got like booed off stage because he was opening for the rolling stones or something for wearing that freaking ridiculous like i can't even walk out of my house today and like i don't know how he was so bold like Mm -hmm. walking up 
not only like in public spaces, like just dressing like however he wanted, wherever he went, but like getting on stage and like in front of an audience who knew nothing about him because right. it's like the beginning of his career and just like taking the hugest risks and like just so much confidence, so ballsy. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, I um I grew up in the Twin Cities. I grew up in St. Paul. So like everybody, uh, especially, you know, people who are like my age and older people who are like living there when he was alive and when he was making music and stuff, everybody has stories, you know, some chance encounter with him or like, you know, I, I they used to do like club nights at Paisley Park and would um, sometimes you'd go out there and it would just be like people dancing and listening to music. And then sometimes he would do a gig. And it would be like you and 150 other people watching prints. And it's just, you know, like these, these crazy, amazing things that he just like knew how to surprise people, knew how to like keep people on their toes. And it was all this like mystery, uh, intrigue, you know, like all uh, never boring, always exciting. And even if you know, when he put out albums that I wasn't as, uh, into, or if, you know, I, I wasn't quite on his wavelength with, with whatever campaign he was working on, it was, it was still like, I, I paid attention to it. Um, and I think that connection between all of these elements, like, you know, fashion and, and music, but also just being quite a publicly guarded person, like wanting to kind of keep an element of of mystery to to himself so that uh he wasn't like laying everything out on the table for his fans but giving just enough to keep people interested i was talking to this lady yesterday who was like just like a producer that i was like thinking about working with and she she also grew up like minneapolis so this is like weird i keep talking to people from minneapolis <laughs> but uh she was telling me about i didn't know this but apparently he like built Paisley Park in like the middle of like the most like suburban the most white area of like minneapolis like yeah. He just so funny. Yeah. But like just the decisions that he made, like like thinking about where I'm from, because I live in like Derby, Kansas. Nobody knows where it is and it sucks. <laughs> it stinks so bad. I would never like put roots down here. I mean, there's a whole music scene like in Minneapolis, like funk and like there's Minneapolis funk, you know, there's so much stuff going on there. But like he chose to build Paisley Park like right smack in the middle of somewhere, like no one would expect it. Like yeah. right there. Yeah. It's a suburb called Chanhassen that's like there is no other reason to go there <laughs> um but all you know like the way that paisley park looks that it's just like this iceberg like this giant white like chunk of building that just got plopped down there he also used to like he had a, a big house there that when uh purple rain came out it was like painted purple and people were all like up in arms and it's like oh it just doesn't match with anything else in the neighborhood <laughs> like but amazing great yeah just so funny yeah and also about this this album in particular that idea of having this exclusivity with like i mean the idea of like releasing a cassette now is like yeah, who who can even play cassettes <laughs> but at the time when you know stream, there was no streaming there was no you know music wasn't as easy to like share with hundreds of people at a time so it was this super exclusive thing that like only the people who went to this fashion show got and i think it was like 300 copies such a like secret special thing and that idea of like creative music marketing come you know coming up with a way to get a taste of what was coming to just enough people people who are at this fashion show who are like tastemakers as well who are going to talk about it and just like 
spread the word, but that kind of idea of keeping people wanting more, having something that is just out of reach, but then releasing the album that all those songs came from or that, you know, a significant number of those songs came from. uh, It's really, really smart. That's so brilliant, man. What was it? Musicology? It's completely different, like a completely different way to do it. But like, didn't he like everybody who bought a ticket to like see Musicology, like the show live, they all got a CD and then it counted as like a an, an album sale. Yeah. He like found some sort of loophole on mm-hmm. selling like that's crazy. Yeah. And then like changed it. Because they're like, you can't do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. he did. And then, you know, and other people come up with you know, follow his lead. He did another thing as well. I lived in London for a long time and he I can't remember what album it was for, but he gave away the album with a newspaper. And there was some other connection. I mean, he was doing concert tour and stuff too, but just like trying to evolve the way that he is marketing his music, especially when he would, you know, stopped when he wasn't signed to Warner anymore and he was doing things not completely independently, but in a more independent way, just like trying to make sure that his music could still get in front of enough people and have promotion, but thinking of like different ways to to make it happen. It's crazy. I don't know. He like changed the whole, everybody knows it, but he changed like the whole direction of how so many people do things in music and why so many people like are really concerned about, you know, owning their masters and like having their like rights and music. I, if, the thing is, if I was like a massive Prince fan, like me, like signing, I don't know that I would have been so like aware of those kinds of things going on or why I don't even think I'd be like cautious about it. Hmm. That also has to go with like me having like a team of people, but I wouldn't even thought about it. I don't, and then I would have been in a trap in a bad situation. But <laughs> like crazy, man. Yeah, and you know that that is a really important part of it too. Is like having that example. I mean, you know, the whole like writing slave on his cheek and stuff. There was a little bit of melodrama going on there. It was like you know a little. He it was it was over the top, but he was getting his message out that it's like, and and I think the impact not just for him saying he wanted to get out of his record contract. He wanted to have control over his music, but making the point that it's not just him and he has so much more power than tons and tons of other artists who have had that control taken from them and have no means of getting it back. They don't have, you know, the visibility or the money or the power to to make those things happen. So yeah, having that example and just, you know, a cautionary tale, making sure that people know that when they're getting involved in the in the music industry that you, you have to like look out for yourself you have to advocate for yourself and like the symbol changes name yeah brought it up earlier it was like this huge message of like well because they own his name and like his whole like character and his persona and everything like pissed off i'll be pissed off too they just name to a symbol yeah. and then everybody made fun of him but i thought it was pretty cool yeah yeah simple like what <laughs> so Totally ridiculous. I don't know if you if you knew this as well, but like during that time period, he wouldn't speak during interviews. He would whisper to somebody sitting with him and then they would relay the message. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. And yeah. you know, a lot of people, it was the anniversary of his death recently, and there's a lot of people posting like things they remembered about him. And I can't remember who it was, Questlove or somebody just saying that he was such a, a, like a hilarious person and had such a good sense of humor. So I think at the time people really thought he was taking himself really seriously, but I know that there's this element of like, I'm doing this thing and so I'm just going to have some fun with it. Um, Yeah. yeah. Everything like his, like, like 
fearlessness to like do like incredibly extreme stuff and like not care how it was perceived and know that the right people would think it was funny. Yeah. Like it's just what is that? I don't know, man. What was he performing? Another award show, and it's like all the people saying "We are the world," whatever. And here's a lollipop, <laughs> Quincy Jones. Man, so funny. Oh my yeah. god, he did yeah. not give a shit. No, so, no. no. And you know, I think balancing um, being somebody who, like, you know, took himself extremely seriously, took his work extremely seriously. Um, and you know, I, I've heard things anecdotally, like, you know, bands playing with him, backup singers playing with him who during a show, like he was so attuned to everything happening around him. You could hear every instrument, every voice. And if anybody fucked up in even the tiniest way, he just like, look at you (laughs) when the song's (laughs) playing and you knew that that was like, Oh no, I'm in trouble. Um, but at the same time, having this freeness and this ability to just like do the craziest stuff, um, you know, wear insane things and like, con- you know, changing, changing his hair constantly, um, having these like custom things built for him that are just like, the, you know, and having this like doll body <laughs> that's like so tiny and petite and, um, you know, can probably fit into like sample size stuff for, from fashion houses and, um, and, and being like one of the most famous people in the world to having access to whatever he wants and then seeing what he did want was like the most creative, insane, amazing stuff that, that anybody could find. So much fluidity and all that too. He's fluidity in like every sense of the word. Hmm. Like he was like both extremes of everything. And like, it was so natural for him to just do things. And like, he had, who was it? See, I keep having these like things come to mind and then I don't even remember. <laughs> Yamaha made him that massive like piano that he had, like the Prince piano, it's purple with this symbol on it. And then he didn't like the color of it, so he sent it back. <laughs> made him another one with the right color. Man, and he could just do that because he's Prince. Right. Like, he just did, like, so iconic, man. Yeah. Crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, just thinking about the uh, the music on this, I guess. I guess it, it's like a mixtape before the idea of... um you know, artists like releasing mixtapes as like a a commercial thing, you know, people made mixtapes at home or whatever, but, um, the idea of like having this sampler that's it, you know, it was songs that came onto the gold experience later, but then also like side projects and new power generation stuff. And like all of these other bands and singers who he's promoting and producing and, and whatever, and combining it into this thing where it's like, the tracks kind of bleed into each other and it's like a club mix instead of, you know, individual tracks that have a beginning and the end and an end and just like him kind of interjecting the Versace experience throughout it. It's just like, oh, amazing. <laughs> like so crazy, like mainly because much like all of his other words, like him just doing the most obnoxious shit, but it's like something you take so seriously because it's pretty yeah. But it's like what is that he's like whispering the names of a bunch of like models yeah 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 he's okay yeah (laughs) yeah yeah and i couldn't quite tell if that was like people who were if it was just a random list or if it was like models who were in this 
runway show that the tape was given out at or or whatever but either way it's just like yeah it's um at the same time the most heterosexual and the the gayest thing in history and that that was the other thing is just like these all these contradictions where you know it's this guy who as far as anybody knows exclusively dated women but wearing like high heels and these little like you know uh plastic cat suits and and all that kind of stuff and like prancing around the stage but it was like no doubt that he was like just the most macho dude hmm. like so gangster man like just no doubt about it and he could do these feminine things and these like queer things and like it was nothing nobody even like it was just he was just prince you know yeah because yeah. he was so sexual too yeah. he just said the most profound things for no reason just right. for fun right but like man and that's what makes him so like another thing that makes him so cool is he could just do these things and if if somebody cared who cared you know totally was sick i don't like man yeah and you know uh, that other the other element of like this both sides of the coin thing is like i was saying you know very serious and very silly at the same time and it makes me think of like did you ever see the episode of new girl that he was on yes i did I, i've read interviews with that zoe deschanel did about how that happened and she's just like it was like a a dream like i don't still don't quite believe that it happened and he was the one who was really pushing to make it funnier and to make it so that he was being more ridiculous and they were worried that he was gonna you know bat away ideas that they had that he wasn't gonna want to look silly and that he was the one who was really saying no we, we can make this funnier <laughs> but that kind of stuff it's just this this willingness to participate in unexpected things i mean doing, doing the soundtrack to batman like things that yeah. Um, just coming out of left field that he it, it's like uh, experimenting and playing all the time just like trying to be as open to as many things as, as he can be yeah did they do a song together he and Zoe Deschanel yeah I can't uh, I can't remember the context at all but that does sound right um, yeah <sighs> absolutely insane yeah such a magical crazy uh, like he it I, even though i i know he was real and i like saw him perform it still just feels like he's this so pissed that i like i found out about him because he died you know yeah. and i was like, great because i'm i'm a baby and like just he's like like one of my hugest idols like i'm i'm obsessed and i've been for so long it's ridiculous but like just the fact that you'll never like I'll never be able to like witness like that energy in a room like block. Yeah. Like you can go to his house and like there's still the energy is all still there. It's mm. definitely exactly what it is. But it's like it's like just out of reach. Yeah. This person doesn't even like it's crazy how somebody can be like so like saturated in energy, like left it wherever he went, whatever he did, whatever he was on. Like and you got all these people who like have these crazy stories about him because he's like crazy. Right. And he's just like not around. Yeah. 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 And he was also somebody who, you know, he did tours that had a lot of pyrotechnics and big, you yeah. know, crazy things happening around him. But also the last time I saw him, he did a residency in London, which was like uh, the 
2131 album, which is like the numbers in his address in LA. And he was charging 21 pounds and 31 pence for tickets. So it was like really cheap. And people were just like going over and over again. I think he did like 30 nights or something at this giant arena. And the only thing that was there was a big stage in the print symbol shape, him and a band in this huge arena. And it felt so full and so big. And most of the time he's like set apart from the band and it's just him playing. And he had these two dancers who look kind of like Beyonce in the single ladies video or something. And they're like dancing in perfect synchronization. They look exactly the same, but that's, that's it. No other like bells and whistles. It's just that. And it's insane. And he, like, he loved playing and would just like do these gigs where they'd be three and a half hours long and, you know, go past curfew and just like play and play and play and play because he loved being, you know, that was him and his element. Did he like work with Lizzo before she was like super huge? Yeah. There's, there's some connection there. There's a lot of people like that where there's just like, um, you know, I was reading that he like did, uh, some backing stuff. I mean, not like also people who were already famous, like with Madonna, he co-wrote a song on one of her albums and then did like played guitar on a few songs. And it's just stuff that people don't, you know, know about unless they do some digging that it's just like, he just popped up all over the place and like wrote songs for people and helped people. And, um, yeah. It was like a thing. He and Madonna. Right. Yeah. And then they like flicks, like both of them had like massive egos. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yep. And you know, that's pretty clear looking at either of them. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel very good about this. Um, do you feel satisfied? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Ooh. Great. Um, this was so much fun. I like I I will talk about Prince anytime. So um yeah. <laughs> Thank you for the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, take care. Thank you again. Yeah, thank you. All right, bye. Bye. What a great kid. I loved chatting with Evan and please believe me when I say that their music is incredible. I love, love, love the sound of their voice. Um, As I mentioned, Evan has just announced their new album, Character Development, which will be released on August 27th of this year and is available for pre-order now. Okay, so quick inspirational artwork of the week for me. It's obviously a Prince album because I cannot and will not ever stop talking about him. Um, Prince's album, Parade is the soundtrack to the absolutely diabolical Prince film Under the Cherry Moon. To be honest, the last time I watched it, I was 20 years old and super stoned, so maybe I'd like it now. Maybe I'll find out. Maybe I won't. But the music. Oof. I love this album so much. The big single from it was Kiss, which is obviously iconic and amazing, but it also features incredible songs like Sometimes It Snows in April and Girls and Boys and literally every song on the album. All killer, no filler, zero skips. I love it so much. And I miss Prince desperately. I've been thinking about him a lot this week. He's such a big presence in my life and his music means so, so much to me. So raise a glass in his honor and listen to Parade this week, because it's great. Okay, that, as they say, is that. Please tell everyone you know about this show and tell them to listen, even people you haven't talked to in years. It's a great excuse to reconnect. Other than that, have a fun week. Be careful, don't open suspicious packages on train platforms. Until next time, bye!
Are you an admirer of art? Do you want to know the creators of the art you love today? Then you should listen to the Postmodern Art Podcast, a weekly podcast dedicated to giving artists who are wowing the world over the platform they deserve. Sit down with your favorite artists as they discuss their passion. I couldn't have lived without art, I don't think. It's like my whole life. Hardship. My payment before was like around $50 a week. What? Heartfelt moments. I recently actually got a message about some of my drawings and somebody saying, oh, my kid really, really appreciated those. And they've been drawing ever since she started doing those things. And that, that, that makes me feel really good. And some fun in between. You gotta make me tear up already. Gotta uh, cry. <laughs> the Postmodern Art Podcast. New episodes every Thursday on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most podcast platforms. Thanks for listening to the Apocalypse Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, go to apocalypsepodcastnetwork.com. And remember, every time you support one of our sponsors, you're supporting the podcast you just heard. Hey, everybody, it's Barry from the What Podcast. Hey, it's Russ. Hey, it's Brian, and we are giving away two tickets to Bonnaroo 2024. These are GA+, and they include camping. Russ, how do people get qualified? We want to hear your top artists to play on the Bonnaroo 2024 lineup. Call 423-667-7877 and tell us who we should check out. It's the What Podcast. Thanks. Hey, everybody, it's Barry from the What Podcast. Hey, it's Russ. Hey, it's Brian, and we are giving away two tickets to Bonnaroo 2024. These are GA+, and they include camping. Russ, how do people get qualified? We want to hear your top artists to play on the Bonnaroo 2024 lineup. Call 423-667-7877 and tell us who we should check out. It's the What Podcast. Thanks.